a correlation is defined as a relationship or connection between two or more things. I want us to look at the correlation of the cross. Today in particular, I want to try to deal with the correlation of pain and palms. Of correlation of pain and victory. And I want you to look with me as the Holy Spirit would guide us to see how we deal with pain. What is our attitude of pain? Because that is the number one obstacle among Christians dealing with pain. How to reconcile pain with a sovereign, a holy, a loving God. Yet we see the cross as the exemplification of pain and of victory. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles and I'd like for you to stand as well as we read our text from the Gospel of John in chapter 12. Here we find the Lord Jesus about to make an entry into Jerusalem to die. Verse 12, the scripture says, On the next day, much people that were come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And Jesus, when he had found a young ass, set thereon as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh sitting on an ass's colt. These things understood not his disciples at the first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that they, these things were written of him and that they had done these things unto him. Would you please be seated? I wanted to look at this passage of Scripture again because I think it shows most vividly, plainly, the correlation of, of pain and of palms. Palms, and I'm talking about the palm leaves here that were, were strewn in the streets that our Lord walked. Uh, and the palms, uh, they were examples or used throughout Scripture uh, for victory, for praise. Um, we find uh, in the Old Testament these palms were were engraved on the gates of cities, uh, in the temples, palms. Uh, when God uh, led his people out of the wilderness and they found the waters in Marah in Exodus 15 bitter, uh, then God had Moses, you remember, cut down a tree and throw in those bitter waters and they became sweet. That certainly is a mindset for Jesus, you know, that was crucified for us. But he made something sweet. He made something painful sweet. That is the power of the gospel. That is a correlation that you and I must need to get at and ask God to help us with. 
But in that chapter, Exodus 15, the end of that chapter, after that was done, the Bible says those people went to a place in Elam where there were three score and ten palm trees. And they abide there or they camp there. A time of peace and joy are the palms. So I want us to see that. So here the people see Jesus and they, they, they see him as a king and yet later on they'll reject him as that king because sometimes we, we see Jesus as our Lord and Savior but when the pain comes we won't, we won't be there as we should in our mind and in our faith. See what pain does is bring out the genuineness uh, the the authenticity rather of our faith. That's where you're going to get it from in your pain. Uh, the problem we have in our faith today is we don't hurt enough. Pain is a great, beautiful gift of God. The problem is not the pain, that's our attitude of pain. What, how do we respond to it? There's an awful disease it's called Hansen's disease now, back in the Old Testament, leprosy. That was so horrific of a disease because it did away with all the pain sensors. And so people would get a sore and they didn't know they were hurting. And their body would just scrape off and rot and they didn't even know it. We're living in a time, for the most part, in America today, where we don't have, we're not sensitive to our pain. We're not sensitive to the fact that we're sinners and that we need a Savior. And that's why, to a degree, we're not feeling the rejoicing and the joy and the comfort and the revival that God gives us. We have been spoon-fed. We are so spoiled that we don't remember what God has given us, what God has done to us. We don't know what hell is like. But we need to be reminded of that because God has a way of getting our attention through pain and we'll talk with that. So these palm trees. You know, God wants us to remember our hurt because he tells us in the Old Testament from these palms again in Leviticus 23, we find that God says, now you, uh, this feast uh, was here, the Passover, but the Feast of the Tabernacles was where God says, I want you to remember where you come from. I want you to remember when you hurt. And so he tells his people to build booths and to, to build them with the palm branches and to dwell them for a week. And that was honorable to God. So understand that your pain is important. The hurt in your life is how your faith grows, Okay. And that's what is it? No pain, no gain. Well, that applies spiritually. But what I want us to see here, the first thing I want us to see from the scripture is the victory in the pain. Notice that in the pain, Jesus now is coming to this place not riding a limousine or a chariot. He's coming on a little ass's colt that has never been ridden. Why is he doing that? First of all, to fulfill prophecy. We feel, see in Zechariah 9, 9, this, is a, this was prophesied. Uh, the book of Daniel 
prophesied to the exact day that Jesus Christ would go into Jerusalem. Genesis 49, the prophecy Jacob gave to Judah, the scepter shall not depart until Shiloh come. And so he's, and he comes described as this very Savior riding upon the ass's colt. Now this colt had never been ridden. The reason that had to be, I want you to notice that in dealing with pain, we've got to understand the validity of God's word. God's word says that in this life we shall have tribulation. Jesus said that. We enter the kingdom through tribulation. You will have pain in your life. Romans 8.22 says that because of the curse of this earth, that this whole world groaneth with pain. In nature, in people, we're going to deal with pain. It's not going to be something we're going to miss. You're going to have it. Physical, emotional, you're going to have pain. But we have Jesus who is a pain taker. Jesus not only took our place, he takes our pain. And that's how we need to see it and rejoice in it in this way. So, so we see that, that Jesus, now the victory in, in the, the pain. That's what I want you to see with me first of all. He comes riding on this little ass's colt. Never been ridden. He does this to prop, fulfill prophecy. He does this because the Old Testament says also this little ass's colt or, or any animal that was used for work could not be used for a sacrifice. See, Jesus, remember, was buried in a borrowed tomb. Nobody had ever been there before. Jesus was born of a virgin. No baby had ever been there before. That's how Jesus, I mean, he's, he's that way. That is the Savior. That is his perfection, okay? So he comes, and he's riding on this little ass's colt. Never been ridden before. I'm going to tell you, Job says that man in our nature, you know what we are? He says there, the Bible says that we're just as wild as an ass's colt. That's how stubborn we are. But when Jesus starts riding you, is Jesus riding your heart? Because I'm going to tell you, he can settle you down. Jesus can spiritually break us to understand that. And he can do it with pain. Because pain keeps a lot of sin away in our lives. It does. We need to thank God for the pain. If you feel guilty today about a sin you've committed, you thank God for that. It's a great gift of God. But here again is you do something about it. You go to Jesus and you confess that sin and you trust him as your Lord and Savior. You quit fooling around with thinking you can get good enough to please God. You cannot do it. But Jesus died for his righteousness is imputed in you. He makes us righteous because he went through the pain and the victory he gets on the cross through the resurrection he has given to you. So don't let pain bog us down. So we see, I want you to notice pain or joy in the pain. That's important. What I want you to see mainly, Jesus in his humiliation, see, he is promoting the victory. In your humiliation, that thing that is hurting you is the very thing where you will get your liberation or victory or your freedom. You hear me? Right in it. Don't wait till you get fixed. 
Don't wait till you get fixed or just right. You understand that Jesus is about healing broken things, okay? He is a savior, a pain-taking, prison-shaking savior. And he is the foundation of our faith. So he does it humiliated. He comes in not to be noticed of men, but he comes to reconcile that I'm going to have to deal with the shame of this cross. I am doing that because God has called me to do it. And so we need to see that and bless God in it. Isaiah 24, 15 says that we're to glorify God in the fires. Don't wait till you get out of it. See, the reason we don't get over pain is we don't get in pain. You got to get in your pain before you can get over it. You can't just depend on psychological remedies or medical, medical remedies to relieve all your pain. The pain that you really need relief from is honesty and clarity with God. A submissive, surrendered spirit. That is what God gives us so that we can have the victory in the pain, not after we get out of the pain. That is so important. That's what Jesus shows us here because we'll never get in it or over it till we get in it. Embrace your pain is what I'm trying to say. Don't let your situation in life, some mistake you've made, some sin you've committed, oh, I can't do this. I've been through divorce. Uh, I've tattooed all over my body. Uh, that person said this about me. My mom and daddy did this. You know what? Use that pain to grow your faith. You hear me? That's what you need to do. You need to thank God that he's given you pain. Because God is sovereign and he's the only one since Jesus knows the end from the beginning. He did this to validate God's word. He says, look, what he's showing us rather, he's sovereign. God is the only one that knows the end from the beginning. God is the only one that can bring good out of evil. He does. He does it all the time. So we see victory in our pain. And we need to bless God in it. You know, in a few minutes, in a few day, weeks, you're going to see the fields. All of them are going to be either tilled or brown with herbicide. What's going to happen? They're going to plant seeds. The farmers are. What does that mean? That's pain. If that field could have feelings, it would be hurting. But what is the purpose of it? It is the purpose of the victory in that, but when that seed dies, it has to die to bring forth fruit. And we have to hurt to bring forth fruit for God. Now, none of us like that. We don't. But it reminds us of our need of Jesus. And I want you to remember something with me, if God will help you, and God will help me. You'll never be able to appreciate what you need until you get rid of what you don't need. Let me say that again. You will never really appreciate what you need until you can get rid rid of that which you don't need. The reason we have so much pain in our lives, I'm convinced, we have too much. We have too many things that we don't need. The one thing we need is Jesus. And the thing that causes us the most pain for us and the Holy Spirit is how we would neglect Him and we, how we deprioritize the one and only true remedy, God. So that's the first thing I will say, victory in your pain. Secondly, the voice of pain. 
we see that victory and pain. I thought from verse 13, the Hosanna, that means salvation now. It's not a petition, it's a praise. We need to praise God right now in our pain. We have a lot to be thankful for. God is with us. He is our Emmanuel. All right, look at verse uh, 15. Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold thy king cometh sitting on an ass's colt. What I want to try to say there is the voice of pain. We're talking about the correlation now, remember, of pain and palms or pain and victory. How does that mesh? How can a God that is sovereign and loving allow such pain to happen in the world? Well, when you think about it, we understand that God has a voice in the pain. Sometimes it's pain that gets our attention. We just won't listen any other way. We don't. We need to understand we need God's pain or giving us, allowing us pain in our life to understand that Jesus is calling us. Uh, you remember the story. It's a true story of a young lady, Joni Erickson, who died, took a dive and broke her neck and was paralyzed. A woman has a great ministry. Many of you have heard her speak, I bet. Uh, I was reading about that the other day, and, and I, a friend of hers, it wasn't always like that. She got so depressed, the story said, and she was giving up. She's, you know, sometimes pain will just about make an atheist out of you. But a friend of hers went to her bedside and encouraged her by saying, you know what? She says to her friend, first of all, Joni Erickson, you know, I can't move. I mean, I can't move, not anywhere in the body. I mean, just complete. And her friend said, did you not know that Jesus couldn't move either? He was nailed to a cross. And she said she never forgot that friend sharing that with her, that Jesus couldn't move either. That There was a correlation there. See, when we associate the pain we bear with what Jesus has bore for us, it does something to us. Now, why did Jesus do that? He was not a sinner. See, all pain is not because of sin. I mean, sin is certainly pain, and I want to make sure we understand. All pain is an intrusion from outside. In other words, it's devil. I mean, Paul's thorn in the flesh. Jesus cast out demons. Uh, all those things come from the devil, pain. But God uses that for our blessing and our benefit. And that's what I want to try to get at. So there's a voice in it all. See, Jesus said when the boy was born blind in John 9, uh, you remember the disciples said, who sinned that this boy is born blind? His parents or somebody or the boy? No, Jesus says neither. But that God might work his works. When you are going through pain, are you going through pain? When you are, you need to be reminded that God is at work. God is doing something in your life. So what God does, he uses three metaphors that has a negative startup and a positive result. Number one is for refining gold. God may be refining your life. I'm going to tell you what he will do. He'll burn off the dross. He will. He hurt. It hurts. That fire in that furnace hurts. But the three Hebrews... In the furnace saw Jesus, okay? In the furnace. They were in the fire. Another metaphor that God uses, he chastens us. God will whip us. He takes us to the woodshed, so to speak, because he loves us. He loves us too much to leave us like we are. 
See, we don't like discipline in our world today. Most people, most children not get any of it. That's why our world is such a mess in a way. We don't understand the pain. We don't want anybody not to like us. We don't let anybody do anything, do any whole way. It's all about politics. It's all about presuming things or, or making things look right. Jesus was not concerned about how things looked. He came into that place riding in a humiliated fashion. Most of us wouldn't have it. You know, we've got to have a certain kind of car to drive, certain kind of clothes to wear. We know we're just not going to be seen. Jesus says, you've got to deal with that. You've got to glorify God in your pain, in your loss, in your brokenness, in your hurt, if you're going to see the correlation of God bringing that out. So the voice of the pain. What did I say? There was three. I mentioned gold, refining, silver and gold, chastening. He chastens those that he loves. Uh, he prunes the vines. What does he do? I mean, if you were a vine and God was pruning, you'd be hurting. But you know what? I, I have some great vines at home, and I spend more time pruning them than I do picking the berries or picking the grapes. I do. God is nearer you when you're hurting than any other time. What does that make you do? That ought to make you rejoice. I mean, what does he say? He's nearer to those of a contrite and broken spirit. How does that happen? Pain, that's what. We lose a loved one. It hurts. Grief, my friends, is the price you pay for love. It's there. It's hurt. It's what it is. And Jesus Christ died on the cross, and therefore we see the pain of God himself. Do not think that God is stoic. He is not sitting in an armchair wanting to see us squirm because God knew Jesus on that cross as his only begotten son, and the wrath of God Paying his own heart was on himself when he died for our sins to make us holy. See, it's the voice of God. Your pain is a part of your predestination. You may say, I don't believe in predestination. Well, you don't believe in the Bible. I'm going to tell you what God says. He predestined you to be a heaven and to be blameless before him in love. Now, what does he do? That involves a sanctifying place in your life where God is shaping and molding your life providentially with pain to understand that we have a need of God. You know, if all our conditions were met, how are we going to appreciate unconditional love? Every mother in this room knows what, what the correlation of pain and victory is. Because when you become a mother, you give up your life. That's what you do. You are living for somebody else. And we all, to a, to a sense, ought to be that way. That's what life is about. To give ourselves. That's what Jesus came to do. To minister, not to be ministered to. First Peter, look at these verses with me. I'm talking about the call that God gives us in pain. Here's some verses that says it really, really clear. First Peter chapter 2. Here's what it says. Verse 18. He said, servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward. For this is thankworthy of a man for conscience toward God, endure grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently? But if when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. For even hereunto were ye called, listen to that, I want you to see that with me. 
Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should, ye rather, and we should follow in his steps. Isn't that amazing? See, the voice of pain is God calling you, okay, to suffer. Jesus says, if I, they persecute me, they'll persecute you. Now, none of us like that here again. But, you know, far be it from us. You know, you people go to church and somebody says something to them that upsets them a little bit, hurts their feelings. You know, something goes on, they look at them right. People say, I'm not going to go. People don't go to church. They don't want to hear about sin. You know, they don't want to hear about sin. Why? Because sin hurts. You're going to hurt before you can heal, though. You hear me? I mean, I, I just want, if I wish I could just talk about how good God is. And now, I, I mean, you could preach a long time about that, but I'm going to tell you. You wouldn't understand the joy of it until you understand what he's done for your sins. You wouldn't understand the joy of that until you understand that you're a sinner. That you need to understand that. Because we all are. And we have a beloved Savior who died for our sins. And we need to rejoice in that. And we ought to say, God, I can take the pain. And you know, just because you're hurting doesn't again mean you committed some sin. It doesn't. I mean, nature itself. Those people in Bryan County, that storm. I mean, it just ripped them up. Nature itself. I mean, it just rips our lives. No rhyme or reason seemed to be. But it's reality. The deal is how we respond to it. What's going to happen? We need to see that and bless God in it. We need to see it as a call. You know, the greatest, you're talking about the voice of, of the gospel, the greatest voice that God has in your life is how you're dealing with pain in your life. You hear me? I mean, that is evangelism. That is the most powerful point in evangelism is being willing to suffer and die for Jesus. I mean, what does that mean? Die in popularity, okay? Die to self. Die to my comfort. I'm going to tell you, Penny and I just got through building up. Had a guy build us a really nice screen porch back of our house. I mean, it came bigger than we thought it was going to be. It cost a little more, too. But I mean, I look at that place, and, and the guy was building it. Freddie Rope was building it. I said, Freddie, I said, man, this is going to be so nice. I said, I don't know if I can get it paid for him, but I'm telling you, it's nice. But I said, you have built us a place, and taught me where I can live. But you have also bought, built a place that I can die. Because I see that screen porch. I don't know if God wants me to die or not, but I'm going to tell you, we're going to die somewhere. And if you can't live with something that you can die with, you don't need it. You hear me? If you can't live with a person that you can die with, don't marry them. You see, what you understand is you live with it because you got to die with it. And I hope that God lets me down that screen porch. That'll be all right with me. Now, my wife don't like hear me talk about it, my kids, but I see that. I saw that the first time he put the last piece of screen on it. What a beautiful place to die, right on that front screen porch in the backyard. But I'm saying that that is understanding that it can be painful. I don't want to think about that. We need to think about it. We need to go to the cemetery. We need to think about what God has done for us. We need to be reminded that this world is not our final home. So, okay, I've got to go, but vision for pain. Verse 16, the scripture says, These things understood not his disciples at the first. They will later. They didn't understand it then. But when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they that these things were written of him and that they had done these things unto him. See, what pain does is gives us a greater vision. What God will do is bring us to the point in life that we see God clearer through our hurt and pain. 
the tears in your eyes from pain really make a prism that you can see heaven more clearly by. That's how you're going to deal with it. Jesus says in Hebrews 12, first part of that chapter, he says he endured the cross, despising the shame. Why? Because of the joy that was set before him. He saw the joy. You're going to see the joy that gives us the victory. We're going to see Jesus because he is joy. He is our strength. And may God help us to see that in our life, just to understand that. And bless God because every pain has a purpose. Every one of them. But you can't take pain without faith. You hear me? You can't. You got to have faith. You know, every now and then I have to get a pain pill for something, and it says on the bottle, take as needed daily for pain. That's what you got to do with Jesus. That's what you got to do with your faith. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, he says, these light afflictions are but for a moment, but they work in us a far greater weight of glory. You see the positive acts from the negative? While we look, not at the things we can see, but the things we don't see. You know what? You go outside tonight, you go to your bed, you go to your prayer chambers, whatever you do. Are, are you big enough or are you spiritual enough to say, God, I don't think I have enough faith. I say that a lot because I don't. But if you really genuinely mean that, oh, God, show me my faith, what you're really saying to God is, God, send me some pain. Send me a trial. Because in your trial, you're going to see Jesus. You're going to see the one and only God so that you can die. You can die understanding that God is with you. And your pain is a place that God is just promoting his glory. Would you bow with me? Lord, we thank you so much for the blessings of our life. Thank you, Lord, for every pain we have, for every hurt, for everything you've taken away from us, for your glory and our good. Lord, that's a hard prayer to, prayer to pray among such great people as the States for Prince Baptist Church, but it is so true. It, Lord, reminds us of our need of you, and that's the only way we'll have contentment is understanding that you've given us this life. And as David said, until I was afflicted, I went astray. Until we have hurt, we don't know how good you are. But thank you, God, for the stripes that you took for us whereby we are healed. Now, we can take the little things that you deal with us, these light afflictions. You will give us grace, oh God, to depend on you through them all. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Remind us, Lord, that you spared not your only son and have promised that with him you shall freely give us all things. You will give us your glory, the freedom right in our pain and our hurt to glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.